The years leading up to and during menopause are a rite of passage. The wise woman inside of us is calling to slow down, to take stock, to speak our truth, to burn away all that no longer serves us, ready for our next cycle of life. The good news is with the support, community, connection, and most of all, sharing our stories and being truly seen and heard, we will travel through this powerful, sometimes painful, heroine's journey and out the other side. Welcome to the Menopause Podcast, real and raw stories of midlife and mental health. I'm your host, Kylie Patchett, menopause self-care coach and storyteller, and I am so glad you found us. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast today. I am excited to introduce you to Nikki Parkinson Hubbard, who is one of my very old Sunshine Coast Connections. How are you? I'm so happy to be here, Kylie. (laughs) When I say very old, I don't mean you're very old or I'm very old. I mean, we've known each other uh, for years. (laughs) I do feel very old some days, particularly. Um, But you were one of my first clients at the start of my business journey. So I've been through your wardrobe. (laughs) You have, literally. So I was thinking this morning. So your first iteration of Styling You, the business that we'll talk about in the podcast, um, it was going into people's wardrobes and figuring out what the heck was going on in there <laughs> and figuring out the key pieces that you needed to kind of bring everything together into some sort of cohesive look and feel that was you. And you went through my wardrobe and I was thinking I was at Marucci War- uh, River. So it would have been 2011. It's a long time. Long time ago. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations on 15 and- years in business too. Be- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So um, let's dive in. So I invited you on the show, not just because we are connected from ages ago, but because I heard you sharing, and I have been on your social media and seen you sharing through your perimenopause journey, uh, some of the, what I would like to say, cluster, you know, watery, um, (laughs) that is perimenopause at times, um, and particularly around mental health. So now that you are, I'm assuming postmenopausal, I'm making a big assumption. Yes. Yeah. When you look back, how would you describe what you went through? A shit show. <laughs> Good. I was going to say um, clusterfuckery and I thought, don't put words into yeah, your mouth, Kelly. Let's just go. Um, particularly, you never know when your last period is going to be. Yes. So um, oh, because it, you're not officially postmenopausal until 12 months yes. after that last period. Correct. So definitely in the years leading up to unless you have um, a marina or some other kind of um, Mm -hmm. device or or contraception or or hormones, then your periods are going to be very erratic and all over the place Mm -hmm. either every two weeks or you'll go five months and you'll go, maybe I'm on the way, maybe on the way. (laughs) And then next minute those boobs are so sore and you go, oh, my God, am I? pregnant or no 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 it's just coming back to tease you so I probably in hindsight about 10 years of perimenopause Mm. and I would say um but the worst in terms of my experience and all of the symptoms kind of coming in together Mm. was probably the last couple of years and particularly that last year and I likened it the other day to when if you have a birth 
where you go through all the stages of birth, it's like that that last year for me was like the transition period of of giving birth where it's so intense. You don't know who you are. You don't know what words are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> if I stand up, if I stood up during a period, it would just all gush out of yep, me. Yep. Um, just a whole lot altogether. And this is 2020 where we all had levels of anxiety, situational anxiety. And I just honestly put it down to all of that. And I now know more. Yeah about what was going on with the hormones that would have actually exacerbated um, Mm -hmm. those feelings at the same time. Um, And even just recently, I have learned about what is called perimenopausal depression. Yep. And it's very different than um, regular depression. um, (laughs) Garden variety. (laughs) In that the treatment is hormones. Yep. And not antidepressants, but a lot of mm-hmm. women, I wasn't on antidepressants, but a lot of women end up on antidepressants in that perimenopausal year where they, it should be getting treated with hormones. Um, so there's a, the great thing that's happening now and why I speak up is that the worldwide, um, I would say the UK is the leader. Yes. Um, worldwide, there is more education, there's more talking about it. There's more okay. um, health professionals doing more research and women will be able to ask the questions. They will have the tools to ask the questions and get help because there are still women who will sail through this period. Like it happens to everybody. Yes. Sail through this period beautifully mm-hmm. with barely a blimp, mm-hmm. like anything in life. But so many of us, because women, we've been taught to just put up and get on and with it shut and up, yeah. soldier on, shut mm-hmm. up and everything, that we just think, okay, well, this is just me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, and I am in a position at the moment where I've got friends who are like five, six years younger, so they're yeah. in the thick of that that thing. And one of them just said, I've been putting up going to get a new bra fitting, but I just I can't do it anymore. Everything's She's gone to a G-cup. I think she was a C or D, like just stuff like that. That you, it mightn't seem serious to someone else, but like that's your body just like taking over, and (laughs) you haven't done anything. It's just like, those those bras, D cut bras are not cheap. I can tell you. Oh my goodness! Having been a, um, I think I was a, I grew to a K cup. Oops. During my second pregnancy, so I my girls are twelve yeah. months apart. So I my I went yeah. from a C to a G ish. Then I went to a K, and then yeah. I had surgery because I was like yeah. this. Me and these enormous gazunkas do not go together. I cannot cope with this. I don't oh, like yeah. how I feel not in my body, etc. But like you're saying, yeah. I was just talking to someone yesterday, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm." She's forty seven. Um, I met her through something completely outside of yeah. you know work, so didn't know what what I. <laughs> what I do and what I talk about all the time. And she's like, you know, I'm feeling so isolated. I just want to cut myself off from everyone. And I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And I'm like, have you ever heard of perimenopause? Because every single thing that you've just said to me in the first five minutes that we've met is like, you could tick every single box. And I think that that's the problem, isn't it? That it, there's so many like chronic stress and perimenopause symptoms are so similar. And also if you're a person that's, you know, having difficulty sleeping, as well. It's like this 
awful cycle. Um, I love how you said though, I've never actually heard someone say that about transition in birth. I didn't actually end up having natural yeah. births either time. Both were emergencies, yeah. but yeah. it is kind of like that quickening and intensity mm-hmm. that I hear is before like that. the yes, other side. Before the other yeah. side. And it's like rebirthing ourselves on the other side of this mm-hmm. versus yeah, what holy dolly. Um I have felt the intensity is growing, but I'm also getting those little nudges of like, oh, I can, I can almost sense this sense of like peace and clarity on the other side. Um, I might actually just be fooling myself. It might be five years away from me, but, but you know, that sense. But then again, isn't that great that you can feel exactly. that? Because that's exactly. gonna help, that's gonna help you through as well. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, whether a woman chooses to um look at hormone, um treatment's not the right word you're just replacing hormones like it's just you're replacing hormones I would have done things differently and I would have Mm -hmm. um, sought treatment in my perimenopause years um, particularly around um, very 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 heavy periods and impossible to keep iron levels it's just a whole lot of stuff that I could have worked with in the time and that would have just parked one kind of them off to the side and and now I just say to people, if you're not, if you're not feeling well, and you want to do something about it, just find someone who will listen. Like, right. And because it is, it, you know, you can choose to replace hormones, but there's a lot of lifestyle factors. There's a lot of um, things that that you can help your body with. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. like, and and you. And your lack of progesterone is stopping you from being able to get a quality sleep. Yep. <laughs> and then that <laughs> That's just where I was. falls on. Yeah. yeah. And then you have all of your um your your regular stresses. And you know, women at in those mid to late forties generally mm-hmm. still have kids at school. Um, they also might be going through their own hormonal changes. Yep. <laughs> Um, there's a lot going on and I feel like we've lifted the curtain a bit, um, to allow women to voice that they're not okay and, and to, and to ask questions of their health professionals Mm. and get support. Whereas I was guilty of just like getting up and getting on with it. And that is not, that does no one any good. No, No, exactly. And it's it's almost um well when I look back on my own journey I I ended up with really 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 bad depression and it was a combination of like I I look at last year when I turned forty seven the things that collided was me being in a corporate role that was ill fitting and high stress um, I had sixteen and seventeen year old daughters and particularly the sixteen year old she and I are the same so clashing heads clashing heads clashing heads clashing heads. Uh, a parent going into care for dementia and all these things collided. Oh, and I also was diagnosed with ADHD. So there's that that identity shift and then figuring out medication if that's what you want to do and all of those things. And they all collided. And I ended up, I went to a friend's place in Sydney around about September, I think last year. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I had one of those moments and I was like, okay, I'm going to make some changes. And so I did, you know, lifestyle stuff, but I didn't realize at the time that I was actually so depressed that I couldn't even see what I could do to help myself. And adding in HRT, like if I had known how good it was going to be for me personally, and again, 
like you're saying. Yeah. Some people don't choose you. That's totally fine. For me, it's just allowed me to lift above this awful depression and lack of sleep so that I can actually treat myself better. So I'm like, so you can, so the light hell things actually have an impact. Exactly. And, and you're doing them because you've got the kind of energy and wherewithal and have had a night's sleep to be able to do them because what I was doing was just not sleeping. So then my confidence was going, my, you know, idea of how I even fit into the world was like non-existent, I think really. Yeah. Um, and I always say it's like a three-legged stool, like my mental health, sleep and sort of sense of self, you know, it's like one, (laughs) if one topples, the other two are sort of, and perimenopause creative issues with every single one of those. (laughs) So that was the, yeah. Um, When you did have all of the, you know, the 2020 stresses, obviously with COVID and everything, especially with business, because you're a business owner, it's affecting business. Um, What, what did you do? Did you end up um, deciding that you were going to get like how, in terms of mental health, what did you choose to do to actually help yourself with those that end of things? So I think there's a lot yeah. of people that we talk about the physical stuff a lot, but I feel like the mental yep. health thing yep. in menopause is the still it still probably has a stigma to it, and yep. I, that's probably the generation. I don't think the next generation coming through no. are going to have this at mm, all. Definitely um, not. And I would say it is the most serious symptom of perimenopause. Seriously, like. Yeah. there are some women and um it's that it's not a competition but it sounds like you're worse than mm. than i the position i was in but i've even heard very 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 bad yeah stories horrible. Yes. and horrible because like you said they couldn't even see the situation they were in to then seek the help yeah so um, that this, I think, is our most important thing going forward in yeah, recognizing. Agree. And and I was uh, speaking at a menopausal retreat in June yeah. up yeah. in Hamilton Island. Yeah, and yeah. Um, don't sweat at menopause. Yeah, go and, Dr. Ginny and Shelley. <laughs> yeah. So we um, we came away from that. We were all appointed menopause mentors because while we're not. Um, medical professionals we have some knowledge and Mm -hmm. we have the words that we can give to people to go and ask for help because often it's not having the words to ask and that is one of the biggest messages and and the stories in that room was just a subset of the wider community and um you know i am hopeful that we'll have a change because it was definitely clear that the mental health aspect of perimenopause is crucial because you're talking about if you're a woman in your 40s, you're at the prime of your career, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, whether it's your own business, whether you are in a corporate job and suddenly you could be sitting in a meeting and forget what you were going to answer that question with. Yep. All so the there's, time. there's a lot of, and and let alone that that feeling of you aren't capable of doing your job anymore because the perimenopausal depression might have taken over. So mm-hmm. for me, um, when you run your own business, you really don't get a choice. But yeah, 
keep going on. But I started um, seeing a psychologist for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that so that was three, yeah, we're 2023, aren't we? Yeah. That was three years ago. I know. <laughs> three, years, three, three years ago, I yeah. started unpacking a lifetime yeah. of bullshit. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was um, it was something that worked for me, but I was definitely open to exploring other things. I didn't know that I could mm. treat with hormones mm. at that time. And the the psychology helped. Um, also by that point, I didn't know, and you're not officially menopausal, but it, I had yeah. had my last period. Yeah. So the worst part was actually this really pointy end. Yes. Literally three, about three years to the day, um, from now that, um, I had my last period and yeah. it, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really tough. And I don't know if I'd had, if I've had access to sick leave or holiday pay or anything, whether I would have dealt with it differently in terms of being able to rest. Um, I guess we were living in a different world where the world was closer and that might have been helpful because there wasn't as much on Mm -hmm. um, and that we weren't doing doing as much. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to kind of uh, work through it with um, psychology, Mm -hmm. um, the lifestyle stuff, making sure I was moving, doing yoga, just stuff that we all know is good for us. Yeah, but we may oh, not put into practice. Yeah, but we may not into practice. <laughs> Until the wheels fall um, off. <laughs> That's definitely But I'm just trying to think what I did for about my sleep. Um, I feel like I was on some kind of melatonin and yeah. I'm not sure whether it actually was working because I, the, that was the cycle I was in, that 2.30 a.m. wake up and yep. the anxiety and the heart palpitations and yep. the race, everything <laughs> that mm-hmm. was going on. Catastrophizing. Um, you, you can really forget how the death oh it's awful (laughs) but again Um, I didn't sorry I I didn't realize how awful it was until I wasn't in it that that's it was like so bad but so subtly shifting for me until it was like every night at 2 30 and then the heart racing and the catastrophizing and I oh it's awful just going down roads of like what what if this happens and what if and I'm like I have never had anxiety before in my entire life. If I'm out of whack, I definitely tend towards that sort of more flat mood. And I was just like, who is this person in my head? (laughs) What is going on? It's crazy. And meanwhile, you go into the next daylight hours. Correct. Sleep sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. So it is is a vicious circle and it's not fun at all. So I went into 2021. And I don't think I actually saw my GP till later that year. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, can we just test? And I, it had gone past the August dateline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can we just test where we're at? Um, and he's someone I see for my thyroid. So everything yes. just all works together. Yeah. And, um, and yes, it came back. They had flat light. Everything gotcha. had flat light. So mm-hmm. that you, was I feeling great with flat light? No. No. <laughs> the reason why we have hormones in our body <laughs> and it's like it's just not I was not feeling I was not feeling great the sleep was still not great there was a whole lot of things but in my head I was just buying into this whole oh I don't really have hot flushes well I don't oh. I have night sweats yes. occasionally but I don't have but that's everybody Dr Ginny actually said you know mm. we get hung up on these hot flushes that is the least worrisome symptom because yeah. 
literally, if you don't take hormones and your hormones flat line afterwards, your hot flushes will eventually stop. Mm-hmm. It's all the other stuff that can affect you um, that is a much greater concern. Yeah. So I was kind of going, oh, you know, I'm really okay. Um, and he said, and he said, well, why don't we just give them a try? And then if after a couple of months you just go, haven't felt really difference, mm-hmm. um, you come off it. And I went, yeah. okay, let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a go. And I'd broken my wrist, so my husband oh, went to pick up a lot of medication, yeah. and and the and the um, pharmacist assistant said, "Well, she's going to sleep well tonight." And seriously, from that first night, and I think that was the greatest gift was this sleep. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the estrogen part—that was the progesterone part. I'd say mm-hmm. the estrogen part definitely um, with skin, with brain fog, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I feel like if you can get the sleep, then that helps with so yeah. much things. Yeah. Um, and the other interesting thing I've learned since the retreat yeah. is that you can get your estrogen through different patches or however mm-hmm. it is going to be. And um, but we, if you want to save your vagina, <laughs> you need to be doing vaginal estrogen because <laughs> none of that other stuff is going to save your vagina. And once. Once it's retreated into a dry cell, there is no coming back. There's no like just slap some moisturizer on a yeah. lubricant. No. <laughs> and you should have seen the collective drop of jaw around the room when this was announced to everybody. We've gone. So there was women in the room who who would, you know, onto a second marriage or partner and mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they would go and see Dr. Jean, or this was a, a, an yeah. example. And she'd go, Well, I'm really sorry. But but once it's, it's dried up, yep. She said that in our interview as well because she that was actually one of the biggest, yeah. like we we covered lots of ground. Yes. One of the big things yes. she's like is, but, and ladies, get onto the vaginal estrogen because once it's dried yeah. up, you ain't no coming back. <laughs> I was like, no. because oh, like, and I we was were on, like all in shock. Yes. We were like all in shock. And like, um, and and even if you had estrogen receptive breast yes. cancer. Yes. You can that you can have this um, because it's such a low dose, but it's targeted. And what I also didn't realize in this targeting is that um, it will help prevent UTIs yes. as well because yep. it's all it's everything. It's getting estrogen where it's needed. Yep. So it's just it's a whole lot of stuff, and it's been fascinating. And I I, I listened to um, Dr. Littlewee's Newsom in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. She, I reckon she's the leader of the world in this and she's incredible and just so calming to listen to her voice. Um, and I downloaded, I, I bought her last book via mm-hmm. Audible and downloaded and listened to it and just the up-to-date research and the up-to-date um, anecdotal clinical evidence that she sees daily in her clinic mm-hmm. um, is, is incredible. So mm-hmm. I feel like, a lot of women, if will will have will be able to um, access more because there's more information. Yeah. And if if you are struggling, then hopefully there'll be more people around you to recognize and kind of lead you in the right way, even yeah. if you can't see it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the, that was the big missing piece for me is that um, I always say, like, it's hilarious, like I'm a biologist 
originally, originally I didn't even know perimenopause was a thing until literally last January when it blindsided me. Mm. And since then I'm like, why are we not having these conversations? Because without even knowing what this, all of these things could be, I can't advocate for myself. I'm not educated about my options for treatment or lifestyle factors. Mm. I'm not empowered to ask questions if my doctor is not well-educated and I want to, you know, not challenge something that well, no, let's be honest, I did challenge <laughs> multiple things. Um, but, you know, forewarned, forearmed, that type of thing. And that, that's yeah. why I think it's so good that we're having these conversations. Um, can I mm. circle back to something that you just said about when you saw a psychologist it said start unpacking a lifetime of bullshit? Yeah. So yeah. I have a theory about this um, and I'll be interested to see if this has been your experience as well. So I um, had a fair bit of childhood trauma, have um, been very good at keeping that under the surface for many, many years with many coping mechanisms, including addiction to busyness, perfectionism, bloody, bloody, blah. And then you hit perimenopause and your lack of sleep and all of the other clusterfuckery <laughs> creates an inability to keep it under the surface. And then all that shit yeah. comes up. Was that yeah. your experience yeah. as well? Yeah, definitely. And also that you get to that point where you, you're giving less Fs about yeah, everything. Yeah, 100%. So you, yep. you, the, the filter is um, weaned off. And you, and I think I think you also do a bit more self-reflection. Um, yes. And and I'm going, like, I, I knew there were things in my life mm-hmm. that had created um, patterns, mm-hmm. um, beliefs, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, and you know, once I started talking to a professional about it, you know, there's always something new. Don't oh, I'll go like to a, a box of and I'll go. Oh, I don't really got anything at the moment. That's not been the case this year, but really got anything at the moment. And next minute, we've uncovered something else. Like, Pass me the Kleenex, please. Yeah, that's good. Um, and it. Uh, the, 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 there's two things that are barriers to it. You can't be so deep in to the depression and anxiety that you can't get find that person. Yes, because you've got to go through the steps. Whether it's going to your GP and getting a mental health plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the first psychologist I got referred to was awful and basically yeah. said I didn't have anything to be worried about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sent me on my way after paying two hundred and ten dollars. Yep. And it just made me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to someone who was a referral and I would just say, ask ask friends, ask yes. friends for recommendations. They're not necessarily going to be a match, but it, it's a better starting point than a referral from a GP. And I told my GP, I said, please don't send anyone to this person again mm-hmm. because I shouldn't walk out of a session like that not having my feelings validated for one, but actually no. feeling worse than when I went in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So yeah. It, it, if you're not in the headspace to be like a dog with a bone with it, and I think I was just so determined to to find solutions to get to, to feel better, to, mm-hmm. to be better in this world. Yeah but I still had the wherewithal to be able to do that. And there mm-hmm. were periods in my life, earlier in my life, where I didn't have that capacity mm-hmm. and no one was there to help me. So I feel like if if you're feeling like, oh, God, that's going to be a lot of hard work, how am I going to do this? Enlist the trust of someone who it might be a partner, but it might be a friend, it might yeah. be 
a relative who can help you, even if it's ringing up and making the appointments, if it's doing the asking around who's going to be good. But if you can just recognise that I'm in the way of this at the moment because Mm. I'm just not feeling well enough to, to do it. And it's not easy. And it's also even with the Medicare um, subsidy, it's it's yeah. not cheap. Mm-hmm. So there, there's there's quite a few barriers to to that. Yeah, which is, I would agree. Um, yeah, there's a long way to go there too. <laughs> yeah, I had the same experience all through my life. Like I've known um, there's significant things that I need to look at with support, but at multiple juncture points, I've gone seen a psychologist, been referred to someone, and at no time have found that right fit. Um, Once I walked in and the person that I ended up seeing was like a fresh graduate gentleman and I was there to talk about juggling full-time caring responsibilities, having two young kids and my own business. And I was like, what are you possibly going to be able to offer me? You can know every single theory in the book and be the most beautiful textbook learner, but I'm sorry, I'm like twice your age and you have no like there's there's nothing you know no yeah, like like right? yeah exactly no. and um so I kind of had a story that was um I'm not I'm not cut out for psychology until I you know it was patently obvious that I needed some bloody help and I actually just got a referral from a friend amazing lady similar sort of age you know and clicked straight away and I would yeah I would agree with you that that fit is so important and I think particularly when at a time when you're feeling very vulnerable and not yourself, like the fit, it has to do help, not harm. And sometimes it is harmful if it's not the right fit because you do walk away mm. feeling like, oh, there's, well, I should just be able to suck it up and get on with it or whatever the story is, mm. um, which is not helpful at all. Um, when you think now back through, when you say you had like a 10-year experience, I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is that we all these things are happening, but we're not actually kind of putting it down to potentially this hormonal roller coaster change. Yeah, I think I think and I think next generations coming yes. forward if they're in their forties, I think that there's going to be increasingly more information, and they'll mm-hmm. go, "Hey, I did hear something about that." Yeah. Um, and at the menopause retreat, there were there was a woman who went through early menopause in her 30s. Yeah. So I think that's also what's going to be great is that um, women can go, oh, hang on, I am only 38, but maybe this is happening. Yeah. Um, and also if you don't get the answers first time around and find someone else, yeah. like just, and that, that again takes a bit of a dog with bone attitude mm-hmm. to it. But what I've learned, previously before um, peri and menopause is that with my thyroid um, yes. condition that I've had since yes. 30, since I was 30, mm-hmm. diagnosed at 30, um, is that no one else is going to advocate for your health mm. but you. So somehow you need to be able to do that or you need to enlist people to help you help, um, help you. Yeah. Um, and that, that can take up that's a whole range of things that's well that's however you want to be whether it's whether it's through the health system whether it is lifestyle whether it's yeah. incorporating a little bit of woo-woo into yep. your, into the whole um picture picture of it then yeah. 
I don't know. I think that set me up. Like I've lived with not 100% health my entire life. Mm. Um, and it's nothing that anyone sees because I just look like a normal person. Yeah. But, you know, I might have to take myself off to bed with the computer mm-hmm. at some point, you know, just yeah. to just to get through the day because mm. I don't have sick leave and I run my own business. Mm. And so I'm used to kind of just going, okay, this isn't the right thing for me. Who who can I seek out to help me with this? Um, and it's a hard thing because so many symptoms of Perry can be put down to a lot of stuff. Yeah. But by, my bigger message is that you shouldn't put up with any niggling anything because yes. it could be something even more serious mm-hmm. than peri or menopause. And um, as women going forward, we need to not maintain this soldier on, don't think anything's happening, don't complain. Yeah, um, not helpful. We have to do that for the next generation mm. um, yeah, going forward and, and future generations because men would not put up with half of this stuff. They would be <laughs> screaming and shouting. They'd be, they'd be protesting the streets. But somehow... We have just been told our entire lives because our mothers and the mothers before them were told, you just go on with it. Yep. Everyone goes through menopause. Mm. It's like, well, why do I have to feel this way? And, yeah. you know, this is really bad stuff that's happening to me mm-hmm. potentially. So, yeah. yeah. There has I don't know to where be... I was rambling with that yeah. one. No, no, no. <laughs> I, um, in a, in a crux, you have to advocate for yourself. Yes. And, yeah. you know, a niggle, a niggle that doesn't go away is not a niggle. Mm, exactly. It's not a niggle. Yeah. No. No. Um, I'm reading a really interesting book called The Upgrade by, and I can never remember this lady's last name. Anyway, it's called The Upgrade. It's about the neurobiology, <clears throat> excuse me, of how our brains change. And she talks a lot about how the brain is wired and particularly if you're a mum. So as you're pregnant, the brain very, very much puts energy towards forming networks for caretaking um, protection of youngsters, et cetera. And part of the neurobiology that happens as we hit really the beginnings of perimenopause, as soon as the hormones start to change, because it's the ovarian to brain um, conversation, that we actually start um, shifting to have less of those, less of those structures in the brain and more of the um, um like taking care of self better, but also seeing the needs of the world. So it's like we've gone from our little nest of people to like a community thing. And it's interesting when she talks about um, the female brain, how much our brains are wired to caretake. And that by definition means don't take care of self. Like, you know, and so I think that there's two parts to that. Behaviorally, we don't, we haven't seen, or I haven't seen, and most of the people I work with haven't seen a mother that takes care of herself or a grandmother who takes, you know, like we've got no sort of reference points, which is luckily um, changing rapidly. But I also think that there's a part of that, that it's, we are very much wired to be the ones that are, you know, (laughs) juggling the caretaking responsibilities. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm interested to hear when you, because you've got a daughter, beautiful Alex, when you talk about, or what would you be saying to her about menopause? What does she, what she learned through your journey that will hopefully give her a heads up? I don't know how much they take in, but I just talk about it. 
Yeah. Because it, it, you know what it's like in your 20s. You've just gone, oh, that's You're invincible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm not even that. But, um, but, but I feel like it's just my job to, um, to talk, um, to talk about it and mm. any treatment I might be getting or any lifestyle changes I might be making and what's happened. And even through, um, perimenopause when I couldn't keep iron, I couldn't store iron, um, I've had infusions and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and she's already having those kind of problems now. Mm. And I just nagged her and I said, you know, <laughs> you need to do something. This is serious. And like, you can't, and they're adults, so you can't drag them off. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, because I didn't have it at her age. I didn't have the problem with very heavy periods or anything at, at, no. at her age. And yeah. you just, it, it's, it's all of those things that I can, can share and just mm. share what I do. You can't, you can't make anybody look at things differently. No, definitely. Um, but, but I don't want that culture of, of just putting up with stuff to continue. Yeah. And I'm, it, it's not about, you know, being a hypochondriac or anything like that. It's initially, if there's something not right in the way your body is working, yeah. then seek answers. Yeah. And seek options. And you're the one that knows your body the best. Yeah. So don't ignore yeah, your own inner yeah. knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly or if it's just yeah. just call it or or call it normal. Yeah. And I think that you know, periods were not talked about. Nah. Pretty much. I don't know nah. when I was growing up, it was like mm. Oh no. No, no we, one. The more we, we talk the more we talk about them. The yep. more we normalize it, it's just mm-hmm. it's a it's a female bodily function, yeah. it's not a function. And so somehow young women can ascertain whether their period is normal or it's not. Yes. Because yep. that's an indication of hormonal imbalance as well. Yeah. Often. So yeah. it's there's there's a lot there. And I think it's just it's just talking about it. Like there's no use advising on menopause mm. to her for two reasons got no relevance to her life right now but also in 20 25 years time when she's in the thick of it yeah who knows what will who be going knows on what, what what will be available yeah um in terms of treatment in terms of education yeah definitely that sort of thing yeah um yeah. i want to shift our conversation to styling you the label because i really wanted to include in our conversation women's relationship with their bodies as they change through menopause because um you know as we've just talked about I was one of your very early clients and I've watched you start how how old is the actual label because I know 15 years in business but when the label is four and a half years old four and a half yeah I was yeah. gonna say five yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. so can you share with our audience if they don't know you already what is the label based on and also about the size ranges and everybody that you include in the label so everything I was doing in my online platforms was to change up the way that fashion is marketed mm-hmm. to to women in general. But, you know, I started it all when I was early 40s and then now I'm 56. Yeah. And age age diversity is a thing too. And mostly um, born out of my own personal frustration mm-hmm. that 
Um, you'd only ever see one body type wearing designs, whether it was in a, back in the olden days, magazines yep. or <laughs> a campaign image in a store. And then when I did personal styling clients for the first two years of the business, two years, four years, yeah. four years, yeah, up to up, almost four years, yeah. um, that was the biggest insight that I could have had because um, you were one of my clients, mm-hmm. but I saw women in every age, shape, um, background, budget. Yeah. yeah. Every single woman had issues with yep. her body. Mm-hmm. And the biggest eye-opener for me was um, taking a size four triathlete shopping and yeah. have to witness her not being okay mm-hmm. with her body that does this amazing physical thing. Yep. And I went, okay. I get it now. Mm-hmm. This is universal. Generally, you are never happy, mm-hmm. 100% happy with every mm-hmm. part of your body, um, which strangely made me happier with mine because you went, okay, so the goal can never be, oh, I just 100% love everything about my body. Because no. we're chasing that's the- unrealistic. Correct, yes. We're chasing something. That doesn't exist. Number one, we're chasing an ideal, very sub- subjective. Mm-hmm. Number two, there's such a big genetic component. Yeah. Um, number three. Well, and the fashions can- of bodies. Like at the moment, the big yeah. booty is in style. And I'm like, man, if I was a teenager now, I would be rocking yeah. it because that is my my yeah. ass is part of my shape. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, years so ago it was body shouldn't be Body shape shouldn't be trends. That's, no, that's it's ter- ridiculous. That's a, that's a a bit bigger conversation. Yes. Um, but I always love clothes and I loved the power that they can have in making you feel confident yes. and showing your personality to yeah. the world. Yeah. So through my online platforms, having worked with 150 different women, I kind of had this idea that, okay, so if you can't visualize that outfit that you see in a campaign image in the store on you, mm-hmm. how can I show it? So it started very um, basically with me showing garments on me as opposed to um, the model. Yes. Um, and this was at a time when online shopping was only just beginning. Mm-hmm. And definitely in the early days of online shopping, there was only ever one body type. Yep. Yep. I am so thankful that there are so many more brands yes. shooting on at least, even big brands shooting mm-hmm. on a, at least one other body type. Mm-hmm. Um and then when it came to my own label, I thought, you know what would be really good? That we blow that up even more. Yeah. Um, and so up until now, we've photographed on every size that we mm-hmm. stock, which is 6 to 20. Yeah. Um, but more than the size, it's showcasing different shapes. So even mm-hmm. if a brand shoots on a different model, they're generally still tall and yes. they're still um, the traditional hourglass yep. figure shape. Mm-hmm. So most people don't fall into that category. No. Um, and That's so shorties. Again, <laughs> hard to visualise. So we purposely have different heights yeah. of people so that you can see where um, a dress might fall mm-hmm. on your on your height or similar to your height. Yeah. And obviously that is great for shopping with online yes. confidence, mm-hmm. but it's also it's about that whole you can't be what you can't see. Yes. So I want 
women coming to our site, customers to feel mm-hmm. welcome. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel welcome to be in our clothes. You'd be yes. amazed yeah. at the number of brands who literally are horrified that you're wearing their clothes, that yeah. you're dying because you, you don't fit their aesthetic. And that is still going on. It is very much a thing. Mm. Um, and it it's just nuts. I'm going, how are you even making any money? Like seriously, but that, that that's probably the least of, of my worries about it all. But just yeah, women, we have to get up. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to get dressed, <laughs> and 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 all of us have something that we've got to do that day. Yes. Whether whether you are caring for parents or kids, or mm-hmm. you're going to an office, or you're working from home, yeah, your clothes can help you through that mm. if they are you. But if you can't see what you want to look like in clothes, yeah, then it's a brick wall. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I've been obsessed with fashion in my entire life, but that's generally not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, yeah. want, we want people to arrive at our website and on our social media and go, oh, this is great. Yeah. You know, I feel seen. Um, I can see myself in that. Mm-hmm. I can see that she is a size 16. Yeah. And she's this height, and oh my goodness, that's very similar measurements to me. Yeah, yeah. I've got confidence to give that a try, yeah. and um, yeah, do that. The other thing that we have done from the start is cut for curves. <laughs> to explain that, most fashion labels will do all their sampling and their pattern making on a size six or eight with no curves, no boobs, no bums, no booty, no hip. No tummy. Hmm. Again, such a small percentage of the population yeah. has that particular body shape. So what they do when they go up sizes is mm-hmm. they just make it larger. They don't make it larger. Yeah. I'm using to my curve. hands to yeah. make the yeah, shape yeah. of a woman. <laughs> we, we're doing curvy figures. Yeah. To accommodate yes. the boobs. Yeah. So that is what goes into every design mm-hmm. that we release as well. So where you and it's funny, my psychologist has become a um, customer. Yes. <laughs> and um, she's a woman in a seven, she's turned 70 this year, but she yeah. always dresses really lovely. And she went, what is really good about what you do? Just wear clothes for odd shapes. <laughs> for odd and shapes, went, normal shapes. I think I can include that in my marketing, but I totally get what you're talking about because what happens is, if you don't fit that straight up and down tall um, pattern, mm-hmm. then the fit of a lot of things is never going to feel right for mm. you, particularly yeah. if there's no stretch in the garment. The fit yeah. will not be right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to explain my own body and why it's an odd shape. Not an odd shape. It's just a shape, but yeah. I just was laughing at what she, what she said because it actually made so much sense what she said. So it. I don't have a super defined weight like it goes in a tiny bit yeah um but my hips are bigger I wouldn't even call myself a pear shape because the bust and everything's quite well so Mm -hmm. what happens when you go to buy a pair of non-stretch jeans and non-stretch tailored pants is that I need to the size for my across my hip Mm -hmm. but then a straight 
size label without any stretch or elastic or anything, yeah. their waist measurement is so, it's like an hourglass defined yes. waist measurement. Yeah. So I can never get done up. So if I buy to fit my waist, mm-hmm. then I've lost all shape in the legs and around the hips. So, yeah. and the same in shirt, you mm-hmm. have a bust. Yes. And and then you go and you have hips. Yeah. So what are you buying? You're buying so it doesn't gape at the butt. Yes. So are you just ending up with this boxy thing? Yeah. No. We like a moo moo. <laughs> we build the shape. We build yeah. the shape into it. Yes. Um, without clinging, and that's that's design, and mm-hmm. that is doing those cuts so that when women put them on, they go, "Oh my goodness, I haven't worn a button-down shirt." For forever, because nothing has ever worked, and it just doesn't yep. fit properly. I haven't. Mm-hmm. One one person said, "I have never been able to find a pair of work pants that aren't basically track pants." Mm-hmm. So these are the things that I've worked on. So it's a culmination of all of the years in business and working with different women's body shapes and types mm-hmm. to, and and their pain points yeah. to understand what is it that we can do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we're not just offering more clothes into the universe. We yeah. we want women to not have to double think every time they get up every morning, especially that Monday to Friday where you just want to make it easy. Yep, yep. To um 100%. to get through the day. So yeah, a lot of stuff that goes into all of that. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, the best res- feedback we get is that we make their life easier. Yep. And also, and we were just talking about this before we started recording from our personal shopping trip, I've still got key pieces that we chose that day that are still in my wardrobe more than a decade later. And what I love about what you do in styling you, the label is the same sort of thing. So they're key pieces that you build your wardrobe on. I have got a really good story of an example of what you're saying. I've got um, a group of friends. We we call ourselves the lumpy ladies because we have lumps in all. That was, that's an old name from forensic days. Anyway, there's four of us five of us, but four at this occasion. And I had a pair of your Susie jogger pants that I've had since the very first time that you, I think yeah. they're like four years in, aren't they? Or three? Must that, quite that early. 2020, 20, yep. 2020, 21, 22, four. That we so there you go, four, four years almost. Yep. yep. And um, with the one of the girls, she's very into fashion, always has been, and she was just talking about, she's like, oh, I found this label and rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, <laughs> so that when we're on your website and I'm like, I think I've got the pants here. So of the four of us, I'm um, kind of medium height and was hourglassy, but now with menopause, I've got a belly as well. Then there's another girl who's got like basically no bum and apple shape sort of thing, actually two apple shaped. And then one that is um, quite tall and long limbed, but has hips and has boobs. And I got them out and because they've got elasticized waist and they're very, they're cut beautifully on a curve, they fit every single one of us. And so all of them got online and ordered some. But but that's a perfect example. We are quite different body shapes, but because Because every woman, like most women are so different in shape from the next woman. And I kind of, I jump on threads every so often about getting some standardized sizing. And I just want to scream. There's not a standardized woman shape. Whereas with men, no. they are up and down. And yeah. yes, they might develop a um, yeah, belly, a beer gut, or something yeah. like that. But they can still wear the same size pants. Correct. They just wear it under their gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Women, 
with women, we've got so many more variables yeah. um, with our body, wh- whether it's changed or whether how that's we, how we've always been. Mm-hmm. But the standardized sizing is just not a thing unless yeah. you're one particular body yes. type and and shape, and that doesn't just that doesn't just uniformly mm-hmm. go up the size from no. that shape. And that's what I that I kind of go. <laughs> this is one of my bugbears. <laughs> no, I'm just this size everywhere. Yeah. But no one would be. No, no one would be. No. Um, well, sorry, a small not. percentage of the population would be. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, I was thinking about um, when you were first in business compared to now, With so four and a half years on, how do you do you look back now and go, oh my goodness, I was not realizing how complicated this was? Like, what would you be saying to yourself? I know we can't go back. This is a ridiculous hypothetical question, but I'm interested when you think about creating a label, what would be the key things that you maybe didn't see or <laughs> COVID? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, huge careful. <laughs> so we, we were only we were only in business a year before yeah. that. So we it, every step step of this subset business of my business life mm-hmm. has been tough, and that mm-hmm. hit me in the butt again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the economic uncertainty, and when you have a product based business, you are ordering in advance yes so say for everything this year Mm. i ordered when i think there'd been one interest rate rise so really maybe topic economists would have had an idea but you sort of you know you've you've got to go well if i don't order any units then i don't have a business correct so if i over order then you're sitting on a lot of stock so hot tip everybody the reason why every retailer is on massive sales is that everybody didn't predict they were we were on a thing okay we're out of covid it's going yeah things will get better yeah things will get better yeah so this uh, this has been a tougher year and i'm Mm. very honest about um to fellow business people because um and then it might be not be the case and different different businesses and definitely your travel service businesses and stuff are are booming and rightly so they had a really really tough time yeah yeah, but um Anybody um, doing discretionary spend products or services, services not so bad. Yes, your cash flow is going to be down, but you haven't got skin in the game in terms yes. of um, yeah. buying product. Cost of the, pro- yeah. um, the cost of the product mm. and and the lead time for for, for ordering that product and, and yeah. guessing yeah. what what's going to be right. Uh, it has been toughest, and it has taken a, a toll on my mental health again. Mm. Um, and I'm grateful that all those things in 2020, the psychologists, all the toolkit stuff, just getting out and walking, yeah, putting on my um, yoga program, yeah, like all of that stuff mm-hmm. to get through. And thank goodness I'm on the hormones because I don't even yeah. know what would be happening without that. But for me, this has been the the nearest to burnout. Um, in the whole time that I've been in business and I'm very conscious of it and I'm very um, protective of myself with that. And that's the other thing, you know, men in business at the moment will say, oh, it's just the economy. It's, you know, I can't do anything about it. 
Mm-hmm. We rationally know that, but somehow we still internalize it and go, yeah. oh, it must be me. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. you know, it's hard. And I, I'm realistic. Our household budget has changed. Yeah. So, you know, I understand it. I'm very grateful. I have a loyal, beautiful customer base. Yeah, you do. Um, who come back. Yeah. But they are spending less. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully over the next 12 to 18 months, I can kind of get that right balance of enough mm. product, um, not too much, and remove that stress out of it about carrying um, yeah. carrying it all. Yeah, yeah too much stock. Mm. Oh, that is a lot, isn't it? Um, mm. One thing I wanted to bring together, I think, one of the things that when I, I wasn't able to come to your 15th celebrations just recently in business and I just, I was looking at all of the, because I, I know like a lot of the people in the photos we, you know, know from Sunny Coast and it was just a beautiful example of, and you talk about this a lot on your social media, that, you know, small businesses take a village to run, a community to be behind mm-hmm. them and to see those photos. And also the other thing that stood out for me, because you've got these beautiful garments that have the um, the glitter, like, you know, the not glitter, that's not the right word. Yeah, sequence. Sequence, thank you. <laughs> not glitter. Yeah. But these beautiful pieces that are still stretched, but you can wear them to these occasions. And so many of the photos mm-hmm. of where your community in those garments in all different shapes and sizes. And I was just like, this is just like the perfect capture of what it does take to be behind a business. So here's to many, many more years without any curveballs. Let's put that out there. Well, I think I think there's always going to be curveballs. And that's less high curveballs. And 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 you've got to have your toolkit. You've got to you've got to know where to Mm. who you need to who and what you need to access to help you through. Yeah. And it's just just looking after and advocating for your own physical and mental health Mm -hmm. during that, whatever whatever it is, whether it's a business or or whether it's your workplace. Mm. Um, And and I also remembering I'm 56, like, Oh, I'm not. I'm not a 20-year-old trying to scale a scale and yes. run the world. <laughs> you know exactly. It's it's okay. It's okay to to create limits and boundaries and yeah. Um and, and if you are in business for yourself, create one that suits mm-hmm. you and your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you're still going to have the curveballs, but if 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 it's it's true to who you are then and and you feel like you're doing more than just selling something which is what I do I feel yes. like I'm I'm helping women to to feel good at yes. particularly 40 and over to mm-hmm. feel good in themselves then that's what keeps you going um the rest of it you've just got to ride mm-hmm. part and parcel and, of um, it yeah part and parcel yeah. Yeah, I feel like because um, I've been in business before and then went back to corporate and now in business again, and I think my biggest invitation to myself is this concept of enoughness because the first time I definitely was in that scale and conquer and, you know, grow and bloody mm. bloody blah, blah, and what I did was create a completely unsustainable business for myself. And this time I'm just like, I just want to be able to marinate in the bits of my life that I really enjoy and have enough of the purposeful work that I enjoy with clients that I enjoy, um, enough income and not too much responsibility. So I've been saying no a lot more. And I think that that's 
potentially part of the perimenopause gift is that when you don't have as much bandwidth, you have to be more discerning, <laughs> which is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like we also have to give permission to women to be okay with creating that sustainable business model that fits their lifestyle. Like, yeah. that's not for everybody, and there are definitely women out there who who enjoy the build and the sale yes. and the yeah, and the selling. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for the last 20 years, the whole girl boss, um, bigger yeah, is better thing has been sold to sold mm-hmm. to everybody when we're not all the same. So it's okay to scale down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to have a life. Yes. And it's Amen. okay to put your health first. It's okay to put your health first. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And that's why um, I quite often will have people, you know, moving appointments or whatever. And I'm always, as long as there's notice, obviously, but always, yes, if your plate's too full, like I'm a big, that was one of the things I did earlier this year when I really hit a wall. And I was like, right, I need to clear my calendar for three weeks. And I'm very, <clears throat> excuse me, grateful that I can do that. And I understand that's not everybody's. Um, reality but I think as much as we can we need to say no when we cannot take any more on because as you keep on saying you know if we don't advocate for ourselves if we don't take care of ourselves no one else is going to swoop in and do it for us (laughs) no one else no one else swoops in wouldn't it be wonderful you just had literally you had the fairy godmother who swooped in not to go to the ball no I want to stay home no I want to stay home (laughs) Yeah, please put my slippers and my dressing gown on and put some put a good show on Netflix yep. and 100%. that's my vi- version of a Frederick fairy godmother. Make me yep. a cup of tea. Yep, yep. I actually, um, with a group of friends I was just talking about, we always say that all of us need a wife. Like we yeah. need someone to take care of us yeah. the way that a wife takes care yeah. of everybody. Yeah. But apparently yeah. I haven't found one yet. So anyway. No, my girlfriend's joke that we all retire and have our commune and then we'll yes. allow the partners to come and do visit. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just a girl commune uh, with optional one-day access to grandkids oh, if there is oh. any. <laughs> ah, it has been a pleasure to reconnect. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and thank you um, for always being very open and transparent with your own journey because as we've talked about if we're having these conversations hopefully more people will be educated and empowered and be able to advocate for themselves and as you suggested I think that's a really good tip if you can't do that for yourself and you at least identify that it may not be a partner it may be a friend it may be you know someone that you see as someone who's gone through menopause and kept their sanity reasonably intact reach out and ask them because I guarantee that all of us sisters out there would be very happy to do the supporting. So, yeah. Thanks, Nikki. Absolutely. Thanks, Kylie. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. If you love the show, as I hope you do, please take the time to subscribe on your favorite pod listening platform and rate and review. And for bonus points, if you have a friend or someone who popped to mind as you were listening to this episode, why not hit the share link wherever you're listening and send them a little love bomb. Like, listen to this. Did you know this is normal? (laughs) 
I really, really, really would love to get these beautiful stories into the hearts and ears and minds of so many more midlife mavens and your help spreading the love is truly, truly appreciated. Thank you so much. I'm Kylie Patchett, your host, and have a spectacular day.